Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. What an example it is to use your gifts and talents and not. And I just encourage all, all here, and especially young people, like as you're making decisions uh, as you go along, to decide to use your gifts and talents for the Lord. And, uh, and so that's what a great example that is. I also think it's interesting that the, the first major project that Caleb did was around Easter. And so I was thinking about that, and this scripture came to me in 1 Corinthians 15, 3. It says, I have delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. So Paul received something. He delivered what he received, but then he said it's first importance. So there's a couple places in Scripture, like it says, first of all, pray, so we know that it's really important to God, and the first thing he says to pray for is our leaders and our government, but then it's also very notable here, it says of first importance, and then what is the first importance? Christ died, he was buried, and he was raised. So interesting that Caleb, the very first major project he did was centered around something that's very important. The resurrection is very important. So everything about Jesus was really unique, his birth, uh, his life, and then even his nature, because he was totally God, but he was also man, totally man. But then what was the most amazing thing was the resurrection. His death and burial, you know, that was notable. But the resurrection is the most amazing thing. So the definition of resurrection from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, it's the rising of Christ from the dead, the rising again to life of all the human dead before the final judgment. So that's like our resurrection. And then also the state of one risen from the dead. So I like to call the resurrection, I like to call it uh, the world's main event. And here's what Rick Warren said. He said, 2,000 years ago, in the Middle East, an event occurred that permanently changed the world. Because of that event, history was split. Every time you write a date, you're using the resurrection of Jesus Christ as a focal point. So amazing that people that hate God, even atheists, they don't realize it, but every time they date something, they're actually acknowledging that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. So instead of, you know, like the world history can be divided and it could be like, um, I think world history should be divided this way, before Christ and after Christ versus a particular war or a set of wars, a particular iconic leader that, or leaders that came and went and you, you make like everything since that time or even a pandemic, everything since this time. I, I'll tell you what, the real impacting thing is is the resurrection of the Lord Jesus since that time. Not a certain iconic leader or wars or even a pandemic. It's since that time everything has changed. Okay, so here's what, uh, here's what um, uh, N.T. Wright says, excuse me. The resurrection completes the inauguration of God's kingdom. It is the decisive event demonstrating that God's kingdom really has been launched on the earth as it is in heaven. 
The message of Easter is that God's new world has been unveiled in Jesus Christ and that is and that you're now invited to belong to it. So that it's the most impacting thing the world ever has. These scriptures, look at them, 1 Corinthians 15, 14. And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless, and your faith is useless. And we apostles would be all lying about God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there is no resurrection of the dead. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. So the resurrection puts Jesus Christ in a class all by himself. Like, Jesus Christ is matchless. Let's say that together. Can we say it together? One, two, three. Jesus Christ is matchless. So this scripture says this. Without the resurrection, our preaching is useless. Our faith is useless. We are false witnesses. No dead will ever be raised. Our faith is futile. We are still in our sins. All who have trusted in Christ are lost. Our hope is only in this life, and we are to be pitied more than all men. The resurrection made it possible that every single one of those things, we have the exact opposite of what that just said. And the reason is, because of the resurrection, the power of God raised Jesus from the dead. And so because of that power, we could say this, I like to say it this way, Jesus, by the glory of God, had to defeat death, that spiritual death, in order to give spiritual life. He had to defeat death in order to give spiritual life. It's not possible to give some, something to someone that you don't have. So, I like to say this, a living faith with a dead Savior isn't attainable. Can't have it. You can only give people what you have. I couldn't give a million dollars if I didn't have a million dollars. But if I had a million dollars, I could give it. You can't give life if you don't have it. And so we're so blessed that we chose him. That we're not confused. That we don't wonder that we made the right choice. Because there was only one that raised from the dead. And it's Jesus. And he's a living Savior. And as a result, he's been able to give life. So the power of the resurrection, look at these scriptures in Romans 1-4, and was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness. And how? By his resurrection from the dead. He's the only one that was declared to be the Son of God, the creator of the universe. And that is because of his resurrection. And notice that the Son of God in power, according to the spirit of holiness, there was a lot of it took a lot of power to go and raise Jesus from the dead. Don't have time to look at it, but if you look at the, the scripture in Ephesians, there's like a couple, there's like five Greek words 
for power. They're all different Greek words. And the scripture that describes the power of God raising him from the dead, it includes all five of those Greek words. Amazing. We, we, well, we, you know, God can do anything, but he used some power to raise Jesus from the dead. And then the result of that is in Romans chapter 6 and verse 4, we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, and I like this, by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. There's no other way to get newness of life. You can't read a book to get it. You can't be taught that. You know, there's, there's, there is no other source for a new life except him. And then look at Romans 8 and verse 11. If the spirit of him, that's the glory of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, dwells in you, he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And so these fleshly bodies that we have, they're going to die someday. But not only that, these fleshly bodies, they house our spirits. And if you're watching online and you don't know Jesus is your Lord, or if you're sitting with us today and Jesus Christ isn't your Savior, you may have never heard this because I, I, had, I did not hear this until I became a Christian, that man is a three-part being. We have a spirit, and then we have a soul, and we live in a body. Most of the world says we're two parts. We have a soul and we have a body. But it isn't until you find Jesus Christ as Lord and you have illumination from the Scripture that you find out that we are actually three parts, spirit, soul, and body. And so these mortal bodies that we have, when Adam and Eve sinned, the Lord said, when you eat that dying, you shall die. Well, they, they were still alive physically, but they died spiritually. So when Jesus paid that penalty for us, he had to die and then defeat death so he could give that to us. He did it for us. And so these mortal bodies, it says, the same spirit, the glory of God that raised him from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwells on the inside of us. There is no one except Jesus Christ in the history of the world that had a plan to get on the inside of us and to cause us to be brand new in our spirits. Everyone without him is dead in their spirits. When we receive him, we become alive. There is no one that ever walked on the earth to, that can get on the inside of a man and recreate their spirit. There is no one that ever walked on the earth that can go so deep into us that they can heal every hurt that we've ever had, cleanse to the deepest place every sin that we ever sinned. There's, he's the only one. So the resurrection assures this. The resurrection assures the penalty of our sin was placed on Jesus. 
Our sins are washed away. We become new creatures in Christ. We become the righteousness of God in Christ. We are given a heavenly seat in Christ. Death no longer has dominion over us. We will live forever in heaven. We can rule and reign. We can rule and reign in Christ. And that's when he comes back. So look at John 11 and verse 25. It says, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. And then look at this. He said, do you believe this, Martha? And there would be a question today. Anyone in this room with us and anyone in a virtual room watching online, the question would be, if Jesus Christ, if you're not in relationship with him, and he isn't your Lord, do you believe this? He's the only one that raised from the dead, and he said, if you believe in me, you will never die. You will have eternal life, and you will live forever. Now, I know that you've heard parts of my story, but when I was being drawn to Christ, and it was a result of my 21-year-old brother, I was 23 at the time, that he suddenly died he had a seizure and drowned and so i began because you know and it, you know we were some rough tough guys and into mischief but that can bring you to your knees and so me and my brothers got brought to our knees and it was at that time and god is so good because he, he knew we would listen because previously when somebody tried to talk to me about anything re- regarding religion i don't want to say any of the language I used and some of the signals I gave him with my hands. But we were brought to our knees and he sent someone to tell us about Jesus Christ and we were willing to listen. And so the guy that led me to the Lord, he made this statement to me because I I did grow up on the front row in church in the denominational church, but I wasn't... I, I was no, in no relationship with Jesus. We were there because my parents made us sit there, and I had no relationship with him, and there really wasn't, there wasn't anything that, there that could lead me to the Lord in the church that I went to. There were, they weren't preaching the gospel. So, you know, I, but I, see, because of that church, I believed there was a God. I believed there was heaven. I believed that Jesus existed. And some people struggle with this, and I also believe there was hell because I did hear about those things. And if, if you're struggling with those things today, I, I really encourage you to put them to the side at this moment. But I, I, that wasn't my really, but here's where I wondered. My brother was gone at 21 years old and I did wonder, where did he go? Where did he go after only a 20, that was very brief, 21 years on the earth. You know, and maybe God knew that because the guy that led me to the Lord, he made this statement to me. He said, I I had to drive like 30 minutes to go to this Bible study to rescue my brother, so then I had another 30-minute drive back home. And he knew that. And he said, what if while you're driving home, what if you get in a car accident and get killed and you decided to put Jesus off tonight because he really tried to lead me to the Lord that night after the Bible study? He said, where are you going to go? And he said, is it worth you driving home and possibly getting killed in a car accident and going to hell forever? And I didn't have trouble believing in hell. 
And I thought, well, I don't want to do that. I could not shake that. It was really hard to get away from that statement. So I went back the next week and listened again. But then the third week, you know, I thought, I'm going to get, I'm going to receive Jesus. But I was doing it like as an insurance policy. And I thought, I'll go there, I'll receive him. That ensures I'll go to heaven, but then I'll go back to what I'm doing. And here's what happened. I did receive him, but here's the surprise I got. You know, receiving him and going on. There, I thought, you know what happened? He got on the inside of me. And one reason he got on the inside of me is because when I prayed that prayer, I just didn't do it to get it over with. And I really encourage you, if you're here today or watching online, we're going to pray really soon. And when we go to pray this prayer, I really encourage you, pray it from your heart. Because I prayed it from my heart. I just didn't do it to get it over with or get rid of the guy with the Bible study. I wanted to do it. You know, and it's a big thing to want to do it. You know, I wanted to. And then I prayed it from my heart. And so guess what happened? Well, because I did that, he got on the inside of me. And so I haven't been able to shake him. It's 42 years now. It's been way more than an insurance policy. It's been my life. And that's because he changed me. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 5, I live to serve him. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made alive together with Christ, by grace have you been saved. I, became, I, 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 I was dead, but I, I became alive. It's like he gets a hook, you know, like fish, you know, if you're, you ever fished. I'm not really a fisherman, but I've gone fishing. You know, those hooks, you don't want to get stung by the hook, you know, they're pretty sharp. But you know, when those hooks get in a fish's mouth, it's hard for them to get away. It's like when you receive Jesus Christ, when you really do it, it's like he gets a hook on the inside and it, you know what, you have to fight to get away from him. And I just want to encourage, you might be thinking, you know, hey man, I, I, you know, I've gone all over the place, up and down, I got on the drugs, I got addicted, I was addicted to this, I fell here and I fell there. But you know what? If you're even listening to me now, that's proof that you can't get away from him. You just need to go to the throne room of grace and do what the Bible says. Receive mercy and find grace in a time of need. Because we all know when he gets in there, you have to fight to get away from him. So what happens after this supernatural birth our spirits are made alive. God's life comes on the inside. God's nature is imparted on the inside. And his word is implanted in us. That happens when we receive him. And guess what? Little secret. Church membership cannot do that. It just doesn't do it. Having membership at a church, that, that's not what does it. Okay? So, <clears throat> the subsequent changes after... I received Jesus because it's a, it's a supernatural birth. So what happens is my desires changed. I no longer wanted to do wrong. Does, you know, and let's face it, like Jesus was the only one that was perfect. So everyone in this room, anyone watching online, you know you have to lie to say you've been perfect since you received Jesus as Lord. Okay? But also you would have to admit that you really never wanted to miss it, but he was the only perfect one. So I don't stand up here 
when I say that I didn't want to do wrong, it doesn't mean I haven't done wrong, but I know my desires changed. So our desires change. Secondly, our beliefs and our thoughts change. So the Bible says when we are born again, of course, he comes on the inside and he implants his word in us. But it still makes a difference after we become a Christian, that next step and those following steps are so important because I went and found a church and I began to sit under the word. So even though he implanted his word on the inside of me, I went to that same word and I started to feed. I went to church, but I also start reading the Bible and I started to renew my mind and I kept walking with him. And that's the only reason I'm even here today because I, I pursued him. I encourage you to pursue him. Now, I know that you guys know this, but you know, I, I was a machinist. So what happened was I was made redundant and when I... But when that happened, I actually received Jesus as my Lord while I wasn't, I was on unemployment. They call it in America unemployment. I, do they call it the doll, the doll here? You know, so I was on unemployment there. But then our, our company got work and I got called back. And so I actually came back as a born again Christian. Now, we were, we were a company that had a, a labor union. And when they first came in, there was a good purpose for them, but they evolved into just pro providing protection for people to be lazy and not work. And so I, you know, I saw a guy, I wasn't this bold. I had a lot of coffee breaks when I should have been working. But there were other guys at the plant when, when the foreman came up and said, get busy, they would give him some ham signals or they would say some very choice words like, get out of here. Um, and the, the foreman couldn't do anything about it because they were protected. The, the amazing thing is when I went back to work as a born-again Christian, I wanted to work. My heart changed, and I wanted to be productive on the job. I mean, all of us Christians, that's the power of the resurrection and that resurrection life getting on the inside of us. Now, Lee Strobel, he, uh, Lee Strobel, his story is amazing. He was an atheist, and he was the kind of atheist that his family did not like him. His children didn't want to be around him because he was a miserable atheist. And he, he was just not pleasant to be around. And his wife, probably because of his, how miserable she was, it probably brought her to a place that she began to seek. And his wife received Jesus Christ as Lord. And then she decided to tell her husband, hey, guess what, you know, I received Jesus. I'm a Christian now. And so he made it his job for two years he studied and researched to disprove the resurrection. Because even as an atheist, he knew the whole thing about Christianity was the resurrection. And without the resurrection, it's nothing, as we saw from Scripture. So he studied for two years to disprove the resurrection. And guess what? He saw the resurrection was real. So here's what Lee Strobel says. He says, In short, I didn't become a Christian because God promised I would have even, I'm sorry, God promised I would have an even happier life than I had as an atheist. He never promised any such thing. Indeed, following him would inevitably bring divine demotion in the eyes of the world. He was a very successful guy out in the world. Rather, 
I became a Christian because the evidence was so compelling that Jesus really is the one and only Son of God who proved his divinity by rising from the dead. That meant following him was the most rational and logical step I could possibly take. I want to pray here real soon with anyone that would be here or watching. And if you have not yet made Jesus Christ your Lord, if you're not in relationship with him, I want to give you that opportunity. Here's some things that you need to know before we pray. First thing is all men and women need a Savior. Every man and woman on the earth, they need a Savior. Another thing is church membership doesn't save you. So maybe you grew up in a church because your parents were there, but that doesn't mean you're saved. Being a good person doesn't save you. So maybe you're thinking, hey, I'm a good person. You, you were a bad person, but I'm a good person. So I could see why you got saved, but I don't need to. My older brother did that one, but he got saved anyway. Praise the Lord. Doing good things for other people doesn't save you. And a lot of people think that. They think, well, if I do nice things for people, you know, God sees that. And, you know, because I'm nice to people, it doesn't amount to anything because the Bible says you're not saved by your own works. You're saved by grace. That means you, none of us can work for it. doesn't matter how good we are. doesn't matter how many good things we do. And it's a crazy thing, but th that's the way God made it. It's by grace through faith. And it's not our works. We can't boast about it. Another thing is salvation is personal. It's one-on-one -on -one with God. So it doesn't matter if your parents were Christian. It doesn't, none of that matters if you grew up in a Christian home. If you haven't yet spoke to him, if you haven't got personal with him, then the only way to get in a relationship is doing that. So it's personal belief and confession in him. That's what Romans 10.9 says. It says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, and look at the resurrection here, it's, it's, it's connected to salvation. If you, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's impossible to be saved without somebody first being resurrected. So I want to pray with you guys and give you an opportunity. I want to ask our church family, I know the vast majority of you Christians, but let's just all do this together. And if you're seated with us or if you're online, this is your opportunity to have the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ come on the inside of you. It's more than an insurance policy. It's your opportunity one of our slogans here at church is connect with God and connect with people. Well, there's many people that connect with people, but to connect with God and then connect with people in God, in Christ, that's a whole different story. It's wonderful. But that first thing is the connecting with God. This is your opportunity to connect with God. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. The one you sent to earth the one who died for me. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for sending him. 
Father, I openly declare that Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. I receive you as my Savior. You're welcome in my heart. And thank you that you first loved me. You sent Jesus when I was a sinner. And now I have your love in me. And now I can love. I can love on another level now. I have supernatural love. And now I can tell you, I love you from a supernatural place. Amen. So if you pray that prayer, it's so important because when, when I received Jesus as my Lord, I, within a couple weeks I found a church and I start going to church. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. I began to sit under the word, but I also began to read my Bible. It's so important to feed yourself. And so we have outside those doors, we have a next step station and they'll help you with your next step. If you're watching online, you can go to our, our website uh, and, and you can find on, on our website, it's rhema.org.au and go to next steps and you'll find out we have things that you can do online. If, you're, if you live far away from us and you can't be here, we have a way that you can do some next, next steps there online. Next steps are really important. So really encourage it. Uh, everyone have a really blessed Easter. God bless you. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brainer.org.au.